What is up, everybody? Welcome back to M3 Wrestling. I am Brandon. No, I'm Andrew. And we are going to be talking a little hog wild action today on the podcast. Uh, first, before we get to that, uh, no, no real reviews here, but what'd you think of, uh, Crown Jewel? Very predictable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we uh we do our predictions and neither one of us missed anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I we were gonna put the I was gonna put the title on the line. I totally got so I had to work that day and I forgot. So that was my bad. Uh but I probably would have retained anyway after we were sharing our thoughts during the pay per view because yeah, they were the same. They were the exact same. <laughs> uh it was gonna end up going in a draw anyway. Yeah. But yeah, overall just kind of an eh pay per view. I think the only the only thing exciting, honestly, was the Logan Paul win. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, which I called just for funsies, not because I necessarily thought he was going to win, but I thought it was also kind of time. Yeah. Well, I, I think it does more for the company. It does. The public eye. For sure. To put that bell on him yeah. right there. Going into Survivor Series as the IC champs. Pretty awesome. And he, and he saved, uh, he saved Ray Mysterio from landing on his nose. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. That was, that was pretty cool, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't like him. No, no. But if he would, if he would do it full time, oh, he would be sure. like the best thing in the last fifteen years. Yeah, he would. He would. Uh, he's he's been like incredible. I have to give him his his props, man. Um, you know, of course, the Roman match. No one probably thought that L.A. Knight was going to win. Really wanted him to, but didn't think he would. Yeah, yeah. Everybody wanted him to, but definitely didn't think he was going to. I knew he, they 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 didn't need to, but I know that that's what everybody else was wanting. Um, well, I guess, do we have any, uh, anything else we want to talk about today or just that we want to get right into WCW? Yeah. I, I don't know that there's anything current wrestling wise other than, you know, it's, it's right before Survivor Series here and we're waiting for CM Punk to come back. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting, yeah, we're getting two or two weeks away as of this moment. Yeah. And we are, I'm, you know, I'm seeing stuff all the time of them supposedly adding them to like back to the alumni section. They're posting uh, old moments. Uh, there's chants everywhere. Yeah. They're, they've been leading up to it. Like they've been, they've been saying stuff on commentary. You know, people are, think it's a stretch. I've, I've been telling people ever since he got fired, ever, ever since no one else wanted him at the time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, no one thought it was going to happen. Everyone just is just so sure that everyone hates CM Punk. That's not the truth. We're going to find out. We're going to find out, but I don't think it's the yeah. truth either way. They're going to bring him in. He's going to, he's not going to act up this time. I really don't think so. I, I want to see him with the public forum kind of taking digs at AEW though. Oh, I do want to see that. Yeah. And I think they'll let him. Yeah. Like I definitely think they'll let him. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I think he's coming back. Sur- Chicago is Survivor Series. It's the best time. It's the perfect time. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I think they're going to do it. Yeah. And you know, we're going to have a, Punk's going to end up in a match with Rollins. Rollins has been talking trash about Punk for a year now. Uh, you know, even off camp, like off TV. So I, I mean, I don't know how much hatred's really there. Yeah. But we're, I think it's going to lead to something good. Yeah. That'll be a great match. Yeah. For sure. Well, we've been, when we started off the podcast a few months ago, we started in 96. We're going down this road of the attitude era. And also WCW and WO2, kind of the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. And, you know, our focal point is more of the Attitude Era and Stone Cold Steve Austin, the rise of him and everyone around him. But we can't tell that story, I don't think, properly without telling a little WCW. Right. And we've covered some WCW. We covered Bash the Beach 96, Hogan's Turn. That was a big one. 
Um, we're probably not going to be discussing all of WCW, at least not for, um, I think we'll probably do one of those things where we pick our moments between now and the end of 97, because we're definitely going to be leading up into Starcade between Hogan and Sting. Right. Cause Hogan's about to have this run for the next year and a half, basically. <laughs> um, but we will be for focusing more on WWF pay-per-views probably. Uh, but we will definitely pick moments, um, pay-per-views, certain pay-per-views, not every one of them. Cause some of them were still kind of garbage going into 97, I think. Yeah. Um, but this one was, I think, an important one. Yeah. And it was, uh, we both think it's an improvement over the last one. Bash at the Beach was kind yeah, of, I, I wouldn't call it a one match show because I think the cruiserweight match was really, really good. Yeah. But everybody remembers it for that last match, which was an okay match. But yeah. A big outcome at the end of that. And so I thought top to bottom, this card was a lot better. It was. Than, than Bash at the Beach. It really was. And, it's the one and only Hogwild. You know, they end up going road wild later, but, uh, this is Hogwild. This is at Sturgis. Um, this is, this is awesome, man. I think I love this set. And that, that's one thing I always loved about WCW, the feeling, the presentation, the settings. Um, they didn't, they didn't care. They weren't afraid to do something crazy. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't worried about spending, which, you know, I know WWF didn't have a lot of money at the time and these guys did. So it's, you know, but it, I, I, even, even when WWF did have money, like in the 2000, 2001, you know, they, they only did a few things like the sets, like remember backlash, you know, you had those, the swinging pendulums. Yeah. Going. yeah. They didn't do a whole lot. They had some cool sets yeah. back then. WCW, you know, bash at the beach. You always had beach stuff. Halloween Havoc was always a fun Hall- time. I loved First Halloween. Yes. Um, yeah, you got to commend them for, yeah. for really embracing and, and Eric Bischoff for all the things you could really, rag on him about uh he tried to make every pay-per-view feel different yeah well and i and that i love those outdoor pay-per-views those yeah. outdoor settings or even and even the outdoor monday night raws in panama or you know like they had the mgm studio or mg what was it the 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 disney studio oh, outside outside you know they had those 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 episodes of nitro um yeah that's one thing i've always loved about that just the presentation and it's it's so funny because as much as i love all the presentation the commentary, it's the the stages or whatever. Their video package work was never as good no. as WWF. No, WWF has always had better packages, video packages. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty funny. But but you know, with all this money, you can't find people who are as good as WWF's yeah. video packages. And, and it's funny because their director was was Keith Mitchell back then, who does AEW now, and you could say the same thing about him. And before he was with WCW, you know who he's with? No, World Class. Really? Yeah, he was okay. part of that team. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah, he's been in the business a long time, but yeah, their their packages always paled. Yeah, and I want to talk about the intro to this show. Are we ready to actually? Yeah, talk? yeah let's get it. Let's get into uh, it. As as they put the Hog, Hog Wild logo up, you know, after the whole Welcome to Sturgis thing, did you notice the the Van Halen right now rip off music? Yeah, <laughs> with the piano. Yeah, it was, it was pretty egregious. Yes, it was. Now, <laughs> um, <clears throat> as we mentioned. Uh, Hog Wild 96 takes place. It's a month after Bash the Beach. Um, it is the big one after that. You've got Hollywood Hogan versus the Giant for the title. We'll get into the matches in just a second. Um, Sturgis, um, South Dakota is the setting here. Um, and, uh, let me see. What was the attendance here? Let me look this up. It was August 10th, 1996. And, uh, they got, they had 5,000 in attendance there. Yeah. Which is not bad for a little outdoor event with a bunch of bikers. Yeah. 
So that's pretty cool. They, they seem like a lot more, especially during that Harlem Heat match when they were very vocal. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, they were. Well, and and I and I kind of understand now why they seemed a little pooped. Um, because I just looked over the card again and I forgot how many, there was like ten or eleven pre-show matches. Good grief! So like you, you got like. 16, 17 matches on the show. <laughs> yeah, so it, so it took them a little while to get into. Uh, they were kind of back and forth, but yeah, that tag match they just went crazy over. Um, <clears throat> let's see what else we got. I think that's pretty much it. Um, and I wanted to, uh, before we get into, I wanted to talk about how, like, especially the shots there toward the main event and just before maybe the semi-main when the sun's going down. Yeah, they're showing the helicopter shots of the Black Hills and the, yeah. and the sunset. Uh, I thought that's really cool. You wouldn't get that in WWF. No, so. no. That's what I'm saying. It's the overall scope of WCW back then when they really kicked it into gear. Yeah. And that's that was around this time. It was massive. It was even before it, really. Yeah. But, yeah, absolutely incredible. That's one thing I can hand those guys and Bischoff for, for really stomping the hell out of, out of uh, Vince McMahon. And, I mean, it was about this time when – ratings took a turn and they beat them for like 83 weeks yeah so this was it like this was that time where they're starting to turn that tide even though you may go back and watch some of this now and you're like oh this is not some some of the wrestlers are still pretty garbage yeah you know you still had big bubba instead of boss man you know who was still there and you still had to deal with some of those guys um you know knobs and i I know people love uh the nasty boys the nasty boys but public enemy public enemy they're just they never put on good matches for me anyway. No. So just real quick, speaking of, you had Public Enemy versus Rough and Ready. That's a pre-show match. Uh, Conan defeats Chavo Guerrero. That'd be all right. Yeah. Uh, the Nasty Boys and High Voltage. Alex Wright and Earl Robert Eaton, which is Bobby Eaton. That might have been okay. Might have been okay. Bobby Eaton was awesome. And Alex Wright actually was pretty good. Yeah, for, for as uh, unseasoned as he was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got the Dungeon of Doom. And this one I'm talking about Taskmaster Ming, which is a tough son of a bitch. Um, and the Barbarian. Um, it's just another <laughs> tough son of a bitch. Yeah, it's another tough son of a bitch. Uh, versus Big Bubba, which is Big Boss Man, for those who may not know. Uh, Jimmy Hart. Uh, they were all together there versus Jim Powers, Joe Gomez, and Mark Starr. Thank and, God there's no Joe Gomez on this paper. Oh my God. Good grief. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's one thing I do. They, they went ahead and they just shoved all these people in there, but they put them on the sh- on the pre-show or right. whatever it was you know they did not put it on the pay-per-view which uh, made this card so much better what's our bash at the beach review for our thoughts on joe gomez and, yeah. and uh, steve mcmichael yeah <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you know dave taylor he beats uh, mr jl you said jerry lynn right jerry lynn yeah yeah i don't i wasn't familiar with jerry lynn back then and i didn't see this obviously uh ddp unfortunately was on the pre-show here but he hadn't come into really like prominence yet um, uh, versus the renegade and Arn Anderson versus Hugh Morris. Um, humorous. <laughs> I uh, bet that was a pretty good match. I bet, I bet, I bet it was humorous. Arn was near the end of his rope at this point. He's getting ready to retire. Yeah, was so. it, was it the bash of the beach, uh, match that we t- said he was about done and he, he cause yeah. he flubbed that, that, uh, Oh yeah. The catapult, the catapult. The yeah. He never did a good catapult. Oh man. That poor guy. Especially then. Yeah. I, I, I don't think, I think maybe the next month he may have retired. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was sometime around here. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's get into the show then. Um, let's, let's start, let's start our review or ratings and, uh, and I'll also compare them to, to, I believe Meltzer. I got, I got some Meltzer stuff on my phone here. We can pull that up. Uh, first match 
of the night was Ultimo Dragon versus Rey Mysterio Jr. for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Or as they called him the all match Ultimate Dragon. The Ultimate Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say at one point, um, they, they were calling him Ultimo Dragon or something. Like Dragon. Yeah, I think that must have been a Dusty Rhodesism. <laughs> yeah, probably so. Yeah, yeah probably so. Um, so, oh, and I forgot to mention that Ultimo Dragon was, uh, uh, um, managed by Sonny Ono, who, like, managed, I don't know, like, a countless number of people. Yeah. Um, what, what did you think of this one? I thought it was, I thought it was pretty solid. A little bit unspectacular for these two, but, <sighs> but solid. Yeah. It, it was, it was a pretty solid match. I, I liked it a lot. Now, was, was it, uh, Bash the Beach that I was ra- ranting and raving about because it, it was Hooventude and Ray, wasn't right. it? Or Hooventude and yeah, because it was the one I was ranting and raving about. That's the one with the with the big splash mountain off the top right. Yeah, Mike Mike Tanay was doing the the commentary at the beginning and giving us background on those guys. Yeah, they didn't really do a lot there, but I think that was that pay per view, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was all right. Ultimo Dragon was cool. You know, I I I don't think it was as good as um some stuff that Mysterio did with Eddie or Dean or. Uh, even Hooventude, because Hooventude and him did really well together. But, uh, it, this was all right. I, I, what are we doing out of five stars? I, yeah. I'd probably give this one about a three, uh, maybe two and a half. Yeah. I can go three on this one. Cause it's, it's, it was, it was pretty solid. These guys were, were putting up stuff that at that time, no one in the States had seen before. And as a kid, I just like was just absolutely in love with yeah. the stuff. I want to talk about during this match too with these two guys going full throttle like they were, uh, just how dead the crowd was, mm-hmm. and just how casual the biker fans were mm-hmm. about, you know, being unknowledgeable about everyone in the ring. Yeah. There's a spot here where they're, they're doing the back and forth and dragon backflips off the ropes, rave backflips off the ropes. They're, they're doing leg sweeps and they both nip up for the stalemate. And there's crickets. Yeah. Where, where there normally be applause or standing ovation. I know. It's just complete silence. Oh, I know. <laughs> Can you imagine how many people would just be going crazy over that match today? Yeah. Like, but, and I mean, it just, yeah. It, and that just goes to show you, it, it was, it was such a, it was a good idea. It was, it was a bold idea to do this at Sturgis. Yeah. And while it, it may not have been the, the right crowd, it, it said it presented this, this like lifelong, you know, memory for, for the company and for everybody yeah. else as being as a cool setting. Yeah. But yeah, it was not the right crowd necessarily for this. You'd think it would be, but it, it just did not work. Yeah. But it also was a time where everybody wasn't really familiar with Lucha style or anything like that too. So, you know, you're really coming into that pretty, pretty fresh. Yeah. And these guys are. Now they got hot for the later stuff, so I mean they it's not it's not like they they didn't love a little bit of that wrestling. Just right. it was just going to be more American style stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> uh yeah, yeah, 3 I think 3 is pretty reasonable here. What did what did Meltzer give this? Um let's see what Meltzer gave this one. I don't think an ad on my phone would help, okay? Websites and their ads. <laughs> Um, he gave three and three quarter stars. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't think it was near long enough for three and three quarter or, or quite spectacular enough to, you know, be near a four. No. but Okay, so next up, we're going to talk about the Scott Norton versus Ice Train match. Uh, Time for a hoss fight. Yeah. 
this was a this was a five minutes and five second match. Uh, by the way, the last match with Rey Mysterio was eleven minutes thirty five seconds. This match was a real stinker. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. And it's like you know between between the you can definitely see just with the with the crowd. You know, just between this match, you know, the last match they probably didn't understand as much, um, but it was at least good. This match was a stinker, so that brings you right back down again. And you know they've already been here a while at this point because of all the pre-show matches. Yeah. So yeah, just kind of rough. Um, Meltzer gave this a one star. I think I'd agree. Yeah, I I could go one and a half. It's a kind of a hard hitting match for what it was, but yeah, one and a half is the absolute highest. Yeah, it's not a it's yeah. not good. It's yeah. just it's just not. They this, were they were an interesting team, Fire and Ice, but they they never really got the chance to do anything. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. We, we, it's still a way better card than Bash of the Beach at this point. <laughs> like, it's still going to be a better one. Um, so, moving right along, because there's nothing really to say anymore about those two. Medusa and Bull Nakano. Now, Bull Nakano, you've probably noticed if you've watched this or if you watch any, like, 95 WWF, she was in WWF. Yeah. And she put on some decent stuff um, with Alundra Blaze yeah. then, too. So it's kind of cool to see both of these just, you know, one just changed their name. Um, they did some of the same spots they used to do back then too, like yeah. the like the leg lace bow and arrow thing she yeah. was doing there. Yeah, uh, I I I would say that I like their WWF matches probably a little bit better. They had a little more time than this one did. Yeah, this one got five minutes exactly, so five seconds less than the last one. Yeah, um, and, and I, I got to say, man, I miss Dusty Rhodes. I, I didn't appreciate him on commentary at the time, but yeah. Bull Nakana got the nunchucks. Yeah. She hitting it with the nunchucks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Miss Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, dude, I, I've got, I've just got so much appreciation and respect for that dude now and going back and watching how funny he was. It, it just, yeah, it's so great. It's the club who that, That's just one of many things to hear him and Shivani talk during these comp, and even today, like to hear these guys back then is still just bring, it brings back so many memories. But yeah, I definitely respect Dusty a lot more now yeah. than I did. I, I thought it was solid for just the five minutes they had. And, yeah, it was all And right. I liked the story they were telling. It, you know, the the crowd actually got into this one because there was, uh, whoever won got to smash the loser's bike. Yeah. It was, it was the pink Harley or the Honda. Yeah. And so, uh, Alundra, yeah, so you know, that's going to get them rolling. I mean, you yeah. know, they're sitting on their bikes. Yeah. Alunder Blaze, they do the whole, uh, German suplex with the bridge and she gets her shoulder up and, yeah. and, uh, they go to smash her Harley, uh, Sunny Ono. And, uh, she gets the, she gets the sledgehammer and goes to town on the Honda. Yeah. I, it was a fun little story for what it was. Yeah. I go, I go two, two on this match. Yeah. Meltzer gave it a one and a half. Um, I'd go probably two as well, just especially for that ending. Yeah. I like that. That was pretty fun. Um, <clears throat> you know, and like I said, there's, there, there, the old women's matches just for the most part weren't on the same level as they were, they are today. Yeah. So I, I would love to see these two women in today's, you know, with that athleticism back then. Yes. Against today's. Yeah. To actually have somebody to go up against and yes. have a division. Poor Medusa or Alundra Blaze, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know, back then she, she didn't have a whole lot to work with. No, she didn't. So it would have been great to see her. No, know. I think, I think if you would have, I think if you would have seen her with these gals, even, into the mid two thousands, like Trish and Lita, I think you would have seen her get better, yeah, than she even was, and yeah, you would have had some pretty decent match, oh, especially when you bring um Lisa Vachon or whatever. Luna, uh, uh, no, uh, well Luna was one, but I mean uh, Victoria, Victoria, 
Uh, she oh, was yeah. she was uh, the Black Widow or what? She the Widow's Peak. Yeah, and she was um, was she was she Black? Who? What was she in? She was in TNA for a while too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tara. Or Tara. Something. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, she was good too. Yeah, I I, I could just imagine you know Alundra Blaze versus Becky. Just oh how, man, how yeah. good that match. Yeah, that'd be awesome for sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think two is probably pretty reasonable here. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I think um. I think you uh, start to see, I don't know if it's around this time, but it's de- eventually you start hearing the bikers revving their engines yeah. and, and honking and stuff so in approval or whatever. So that thing, yeah. they get into it. They start getting into stuff. They, they really get into it a couple matches from here. Yes, they do. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Um, next up, this match was really, really good, but I warn you, it's really long. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going forward. We have a lot of really long matches. This was the longest of the night. Um, this is Chris Benoit versus Dean Malenko. And, um, this, this was a really, really solid match. They end up going to time limit here. Yeah. And, and then some. Yeah. Yeah. The double overtime before Benoit finally gets him with the cheap win. Yeah. Just, yeah. And that, <clears throat> I think the cheap win, I don't know. Like, and I guess it doesn't bother me too bad because you, you've basically lifted each other up and put, each other over uh immensely by running running over time limit twice right so i think i think and it was a really really good match yeah um <clears throat> i think this is the wrong crowd to do this match in front of i think so too silent the whole thing. yeah they they yeah and they're getting restless especially when they're announcing an overtime yeah and there has to be a winner here's a double overtime yeah um i like the match I, I gave it a three and a half yeah yeah but uh that's what i did yeah i I, I wish we'd have got more between these two. Yeah. Um, just, just with a better finish. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, a, it wasn't really a good finish. It was kind of a Gaga finish with having him to, you know, pulled some heel shit. And then of course you had woman out there and miss Elizabeth as well. And <clears throat> I mean, you got to look woman. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, man, Meltzer ended up giving us a four and a quarter. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's, I mean, I, I, I gotta say it's, it went 26 minutes, 55 seconds. It, it was good, man. It was good. Um, but yeah, that Gaga finish just makes me a little indifferent on it. I, I understand somebody <clears throat> pulling some kind of heel shit to get out of it because, you know, you just, you've been stalemate this whole time and right. you just want to go home and get this over with. Um, I kind of understand as a heel, you're like, okay, what can I do to beat this guy? Well, I guess I just got to do it so I can get out of this. Um, I, so I, I, I don't hate the finish because of that. But yeah, I think you're right. I think you have the wrong crowd to try and do that. Yeah. Some wrestling shit in it. You, you can't do that to a non wrestling crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Especially what's essentially a cold match. Not, no heat. Right. Just, yeah. Just a pure, you know, uh, not spectacle. What, just athletic contest is what I'm trying to say. And I, I don't think they were, I don't think they'd appreciate it as much as like a paying audience in an arena would have. Right. Yeah. I feel like they were really guilty of doing that though. Even on pay-per-views, I feel like WCW is guilty Sometimes, of, of yeah. doing a lot of cold matches like that that, that were decent, but what are you doing? You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What does this mean? Um, you know, decisions were never good there. <laughs> uh, as far as booking goes, that's for sure. And then amazing, all the money you had, all the production value, everything going for that, like just the things that people love and remember was all murdered. By the terrible booking. 
and bring it in. Turns out, turns out, and booking and wrestling is important. That's weird. Yeah, funny. <laughs> okay, now this is the one that we've been we've been kind of hyping from it with the crowd. This is the tag team match. The tag team, well, the WCW World Tag Team Titles are on the line here, and this is Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner versus Harlem Heat, which is Booker T and Stevie Ray, of course. This was a good match. You had uh, Sensational Sherry, Scary Sherry, yeah, out there with with uh, Harlem Heat. And I just want to say, this match, I when Bash at the Beach happened, was actually on the pre-show and got like four minutes or something. Yes, and we were given WCW's booking committee crap for not putting this on the show that's a good point and you look at how hot this tame crowd got yes for this match yeah and and he's like what are you doing yeah i, I, yeah. I don't get it yeah well they well they they uh they uh remedied that really quick because this got 17 minutes and 53 seconds this yeah. time that which is a long time for a tag match uh especially you know in the on later half of the show you're starting a later half of the show here uh this crowd got super hot for for this uh this team of course they were pro steiner and yeah. pro steiner brothers yeah uh which harlem heat being the heels and everything they were healing it up it was great yeah i yeah. loved it yeah they got to the point where they were still throw like starting to throw shit and everything yeah. what did you think about the the ring and how it was propped up because you know you're just they're just on this what gravel area basically yeah you know, is this a field yeah so there, there's a little bit of a stage like yeah probably four feet off the ground and then the ring on top of it yeah um i'm guessing since there's not bleachers, this maybe so the crowd could see it better. Probably, or maybe so the helicopter shots you could see that. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I, sure. I I I, I dug it. Yeah. I think it was kind of cool. And other than the <clears throat> opening match where Ray hit a hit a plancha to the outside, you know, over that, over the yeah, and into the gravel, into the, the gravel. Yeah. Nobody really utilized it. No, no. You'd think they'd be out there wanting to drag some drag. drag. I, well, I guess if this was. Uh, Later on in the in the WCW's life cycle, you'd probably have somebody dragging somebody through the gravel. Yeah, yeah, or or today, or yeah. be out there beforehand trying to figure out high spots to do off of it. Yeah, well, especially in AEW. Oh my god, <laughs> be looking to do a pile driver on on a rock barge or something. Kick out at two and three yeah. quarters. We're gonna go up to this mountain, <laughs> and we're gonna blow up the tip of it. And you're going to be on the mountain when it happens. Yeah, yeah we're going to we're going to wrestle on George Washington's nose, twenty five yeah. miles down the road. Sparkles. We're going to blow the <laughs> hell out of Mount Rushmore, and there's just sparklers that come out of it. Oh, gotta love AEW. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> now you can't even joke about it. No, you can't. You don't have to. Maybe you don't want to. Um. Anyway, uh, Steiner Brothers end up losing this one. Yeah, the, uh, the old powder. The old powder. The old powder. The face. So. um which I, I don't even know. Did I mention, we even mentioned the, the, the who defeated who on the last. I know Norton beat Ice Train. Medusa beat Bull Nakano. Yeah. And, uh, Chris Benoit beat, well, I think we mentioned that. He, he rolled up Malenko. Um, and Rey Mysterio beat Ultimo Dragon. I don't even, I think I'm slacking today. <laughs> so they're not even figuring out who won what. But, but the, <clears throat> the great part about this match is when Harlem Heat left after winning in a heelish way. And all the all the plastic bottles and crap being thrown at him from the yeah. crowd. Yes. It was great. Yes. It it's was. Pretty, pretty solid match. What did you rate this? Very one? solid match. Um oh I gave I gave it a three and a half. Yeah. Just 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 um how fun. Not because it was a, a great, great match, but just overall uh just love the tag teams in both of these. I love their their styles and I love how they mesh together. I love Harlem Heat playing up the crowd yeah, and being heels. Hostile. The hostile crowd. You finally got them fired up. 
So yeah, this was this was kind of a a really a turning point for the show. Yeah, they probably should have let off with this one. Yeah, they should have. So <laughs> yeah, I, I gave it I gave it that it that's yeah, that's what I, I, I think. could go through three and a half. Uh, Meltzer gave it two and three quarters, so he was a little bit lower on that, which I don't know why, but you know, can anybody figure Meltzer out anyway? <laughs> um, next up, <clears throat> another good match. Um, I think uh, this is Eddie Guerrero versus mm-hmm. Ric Flair. Ric Flair being the United States champion, of course, and this being for the United States title. What did you think about this one? Uh, I thought it was pretty solid. I mean, Eddie and Ric Flair, you know. And yeah. Of course, this is more cruiserweight style, Eddie. Um, yeah. I thought the match was pretty solid, back and forth. And then the ending really got me. You actually saw Ric Flair beat somebody with the figure four. Yes. Which never happened. I know. And, you know, I... That's been his finisher forever. You'd like to see him actually beat somebody with that sometime. Just yeah. Eddie Guerrero? Yeah. <laughs> but you ne- yeah, you never thought. But, of course, you know, it's pretty early on, like you said. Uh, match went 14 minutes and 14 seconds, by the way. And Ric Flair, like you said, um, defeats Eddie Guerrero. I gave I gave this one a three, just straight across. I thought it was pretty solid. Uh, kind of like the opening, a solid, unspectacular, you know. Yeah. Of course, you had Miss Elizabeth and Woman out there too with Rick, yeah, because they were doing the the Horseman thing at the time, yeah. weren't they, with Benoit and all of them, and Arn. Um, <clears throat> I mean, pretty much typical match between those two. So, I mean, nothing really crazy to to mention. I don't think in this one. Uh, the next one, however, though, we had we had a little bit of we had a little bit of NWO action, a little bit little bit of Gaga in that, as you would <laughs> the Gaga really started here and doesn't end until <laughs> until about the time the company closes <laughs> in 2001 really yeah um and every iteration of nwo has some gaga good lord um but you got kevin nash and scott hall versus lex luger and sting and obviously there's no titles on the line uh, or anything because they don't have any titles this one went 14 minutes and 36 seconds this was a better tag match than the bash of the beach tag match. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really liked most of everything they did in this one. Um, of course, you know, stings not, not crow sting. He doesn't walk out on anybody yet. He, I think it's a little bit later on yeah. in the years, another couple months before he walks out of the company and you know, you can't trust anybody. Right. Um, that kind of thing. And, uh, <clears throat> overall, overall, it's a decent match. The ending though. Yeah. It, it talk drops about the, it a little it, bit. Yeah. You've got the, the ref, Bump? If we, I don't, you don't even call it bump. Yeah, I think they missed the bump. They missed the bump because he was supposed to get something in his head or his eye, and he just kind of got Scott Hall's heel a little bit, but not really. So he had to like uh, Nick Patrick had to like jolt back and then jerk his head and then bring his hand up and act like he couldn't see for a second, and then I guess he was supposed to like fall into the back of Lex Luger's. Um, yeah, yeah, fall like into his knee, kind of chop block, like a chop block. But 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 instead of like falling and just kind of like falling into him, he literally just reared back and chop blocked him deliberately, playing, deliberately chop blocked him, and then of course did a fast count for the win. Uh, outsiders win this, the NWO wins this. So yeah, he does turn. You know, you get you get you get you get the shades of the Nick Patrick NWO turn here. Yeah. So you get they're gonna have a, they're gonna have themselves a referee. Yeah. Uh, not for a while. But not for a while. Uh, did you remember the old black and white WCW Saturday nights during their matches? Yes. Yeah. Where he would 
they would have uh, Nick Patrick under a mask, mm-hmm. uh, riffing riffing against jobbers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So so they're going to tease this for a while afterwards. Yeah. But, yeah. but this this was not done very well, like you yeah. said. It it, it it you know just deliberately yeah. chopped like they could have he could have done a better job of falling into Luger. I and think. And it's crazy because Nick Patrick was actually a worker before he became a referee. He worked in the Alabama territory. His dad was the the assassin. Oh, really? One of the original assassins. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, uh, Jody Hamilton. And so he actually worked a little bit. You can find it on, on YouTube, uh, you know, Nick Patrick wrestling in, in the Alabama. I'll have to look that up for sure. And so, yeah, for him to just botch it so badly like that. Yeah. He should have just, well, he should have just like fell into his leg and then, and then, um, with, uh, Hall just hitting a finisher or some kind of move or something instead of just taking the pin, right? I, I thought that was really yeah. weird. It was just a really weird finish. That that was some like 1984 stuff where <laughs> where you, you you know you clip a guy and then he gets a he gets yeah. a win. So uh, like that's just so weird to me. I don't know. Uh, I didn't give. I didn't. It was fun. It was a better match than the. Well, I don't. I can't even say it was really a better match. Um, it, it was. It, it was. It was. It was a. I mean, the, the last one was a, a two versus three. And it wasn't bad. There's was, more intrigue to that one. There's more intrigue to that one than this, this one. one. This one they kept very by the numbers and very simple. I, yeah. I can't go more than a two or two and a half. Yeah, this match. maybe a two with the with the messed up ending. Yeah, I, yeah, that's that's a good point. I'd probably give it a two and two quarter. Yeah, or two and one quarter. Sorry. Yeah, uh, no, I'd probably fair. give it a two and a quarter. Um, it was it was it was a decent little match. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's by the numbers. Uh, Dave Meltzer gave it a star and a half. That's it. Which I can't even really be mad at that either. No, uh, it's it wasn't. Uh, yeah, so I retract what I said earlier. It's not a better match than the Bash of because <laughs> there's not enough intrigue there. I, I just didn't hate it. It just yeah. But that guy got the end was kind of goofy. Okay, so now that that's all out of the way, we are going to talk about what we really came for. Get ready to rumble. Get ready to rumble with Michael Buffer. Of course, the sun's going down. You pretty much got dark almost pretty much. It's pretty well dark by this point. And which it was getting pretty dark in that tag match. Love that too. I love the set in the dark even. It's awesome. Yeah. Just, just great. I love having outside events no matter what. Uh, but you've got Hollywood Hogan, the newly turned heel. He's starting to get the little scruff coming in, starting to dye that little, 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 uh, little scruff going on. He, he's uh, taking on the giant. Or the big show to the newer audience, uh, who was the world heavyweight champion at the time. Right. And Giant had been a dominant champion. He'd won the belt in, uh, April from Ric Flair. Yeah. Uh, Flair had, Flair actually had him in a figure four leg lock and Giant just reached across and throttled him and picked him <laughs> up and chokeslammed him for the belt. Yeah. And they were really pushing him in the pay per view subsequent to this. He had beat Luger and Sting clean. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, so yeah, he was, he's really being pushed as this, you know, that's this big heel, which is kind of weird, the dynamic in this. You've got this guy who's a heel going into a match against a guy who just turned, and you're trying to baby face up the giant. Yeah, really weird. Yeah. Really weird. It, it kind of works, though. It kind of works out for him. Um, He just, you know, it just it's crazy to go back and watch the giant in, in his old matches and see how green he was. Yeah. And I think the way the style was, I, I never, it's not even, it's not like it's super easy to notice because it's not that bad. He's, he's working like a big guy, but you don't realize how green he was until you go back and watch those. And then yeah. you, and then you see his earlier WWF stuff and you're like, wow. Yeah. 
It's just different. But he's also working with a lot of stiff, lazy, older guys yeah. by the time he's, you know, getting big in WCW. And you know Hogan's calling this thing. Oh, you 100% so, know he's so calling it. So it's, it's 100% by the numbers. My one <laughs> takeaway from this match is <clears throat> when you watch this, listen to Bobby Heenan on commentary. Yes. Because yeah. I, I think at the beginning of the show, maybe he had started drinking. Yeah. And by the end of the night, he's starting to slur yeah. just a little bit during this, during, during the last match and definitely during this match. It's, it's, it's fun to listen to. I mean, it's Sturgis, you know, what, <laughs> what do you expect? But it's funny that you say that because I didn't notice it the first time around. And when I watched it this morning or just a little bit ago, I finished, I was finishing up as you, as you walked in and then you're like, you listen to him. I'm like, I think you're right. Yeah. I think yeah, you're and, right. And then at the end of the show, they don't let him talk. I told y'all he's no good. <laughs> from the beginning that's great gotta love bobby heenan <laughs> yeah what did, what did you think of the match though? uh it was okay it was okay you say it was by the numbers um you had hogan playing some dirty stuff i gotta say i've always loved hollywood hogan in his matches uh he's it, it, it just works out so well for an older hogan who was never a super athletic guy if you watch some, some of hogan in japan you'll be like whoa i didn't know he could do that yeah and chain wrestling yeah it's crazy um even for a big old six seven eight dude or whatever he was uh so crazy but yeah i love the style that he, he adapts here to like like austin does later on after his neck his neck issues but you know he he's able to just pull some eye rakes out some back rakes yeah. some I, you know, thumbs to the eye. Just, I just love stuff Back, like that. Begging off and rolling Be- out. Begging off, rolling out, low blowing, you know, getting boys involved. And, and I, I like all that heel shit. And it's like, I said, it, 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 it fits his lazy style, his lazy <laughs> style so well. But because it's Hogan and it's such, he's such a character and he's such, he's so good at playing up whatever character he's playing. I've always loved that. Yeah. I always love it. Um, I give this one as a match. It wasn't anything special, but I think the post match with where he takes out uh, Brother Brutus and 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 the spray painting of the belt, you know, the christening of the NWO World Title. Yes, uh, I'm going to go two. Go two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I'd probably give it also a two, and I'd probably give it a two and a half. That's that's probably fair. It's uh it's better than the tag match. Um, it, you've like I said, I like the I like the classic heel work from Hogan. I think, I think, um, Andre, I about said Andre, the giant, big show, he, he did pretty well here. Obviously, he was getting called and worked through it. Uh, I like that big old backbreaker he gave Hogan. Yeah. And yeah, he got him up there. He got him up there high, brought him down. Um, yeah, I, I'd give it, I'd give it about that. I love the sell job at the end. Hogan hits him with the belt and the giant is out for 10 minutes. Yeah, all just, this NWO heel yeah, stuff. Yeah, all this crap's going on in the ring and he's, he just, he just laid flat. He's probably still selling that bump. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> some, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere in South Dakota, Sturgis, South <laughs> He is, he is still sleeping. But it's kind of crazy to think, you know, Paul White ended up, he won the, what, the undisputed championship from Lesnar and he, he won the belt a couple more times. He was never as high as he was here, you know, as far as as world champion for months on end. No, like no. That's, that's crazy to think he's not even a year in the business at this. point. Yeah, he's not a year and in the he business. He never reached these he was heights. So green, he didn't yeah. know what the hell he was doing or what he was talking about. <laughs> well, that's arguable, but well, I, I I think I I I just don't think he was. I don't know. He, I was never a big Paul White fan though. 
so that might be just me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think he's okay. I, yeah, he he's he's one of the better real big guys for sure. I I can't take that away from him as far yeah. as athletic goes. He can be funny too. Like I mean, he's got enough character and funniness about him too that you know I love that whole selling. He was doing the Hogan the the showster thing in two thousand. Yeah. We talked about yeah. that. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny, but. Yeah, I've never been a huge fan of, of really big guys anyway. And I think I've mentioned that on the podcast before too. Just not my cup of tea. I, you, there's only so much you can do with them. And I think it, they run its course. I think it's not, it's not that they're not important to wrestling. It's just they run its course with me so fast. Yeah. Cause I, I, I'd rather have two just regular heavyweights or maybe a guy like, you know, if, if a guy can move like Undertaker or Kane or somebody and they're working with a small guy. Like Michaels, that you know, I'm I love yeah. those matches the best. I think you know you got the David and Goliath thing going on, but it's not like it's not so extreme like Ray and Big Show. It's it's you know like the yeah. Taker and Shawn Michaels. It's it's perfect for me. Speaking of Ray on this show, you know we just watched Crown Jewel and they announced him at 175. Yeah. If he was 175 there, he's every bit of 120 here. Oh, for <laughs> sure, for sure. It's it's crazy. Yeah, which I I'm not so sure he ain't 225. Yeah. To be honest with you, the way he's kind of ballooned up in his old age, and I don't, I mean, it's, it's going to happen. Um, but overall, man, I thought this show was it was a lot more fun than uh, we put this one off for a long time because I was like, ah, yeah, hog wild. But then after I got to watching it, I'm like, no, this this wasn't all yeah. that bad. Yeah, I told you, yeah, a few months ago we were talking about it because you're like, I don't know, I don't know if I want to do it. <laughs> and I said, man, you've got you've got to go back and watch because it's been 20 years. You said since yeah. you've seen it. And I said you've got to go back. I said the Ray match is good. The Eddie match is good. You'll love the tag match with the Steiner yeah. brothers and Harlem Heat. Uh, the Benoit match, you'll love that. Like, I even like the girls match. The girls match, you like. Yes, yeah, I'm saying it's it's it is pretty decent. Yeah, for a mid '90s wrestling show for sure. Yeah. And anything WCW's putting out that time, and and then of course you got you know just much like the end of Bash the Beach, you've got um, the end of this one with him marking the belt and and beating up uh. Well, Brutus and everything else. They've truly taken over. They've really point. taken over everything. Yeah. And yep. Yeah, and that is, that was it. That was a cool end. Uh, this match went 14 minutes, 55 seconds and, uh, Melter gave it a star and a half. Yeah. But I think it's, I think it's worth a little bit more than that, honestly. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that was hog wild. Overall, I'd give it probably a B plus. Yeah. Yeah. Three, probably three and a half, three and three quarter out of five. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Pretty, yeah. pretty fair. Yeah. It's fair. Um, all right. Well, um, what do we have coming up next? You want, you want to do mind games next? There's a match we yes. really need to talk about on that. Yeah, show. we mentioned that last time. Yes, thank you. Uh, mind games. That's the one we've, we've been waiting for because we've got Michaels and, uh, and McFoley, M- Mankind on that. Uh, gonna do, we'll do mind games. We're not gonna do Fall Brawl. I think we're gonna skip Fall Brawl. You didn't want to do that, right? Yeah. I, I don't think that's, I'll, I'm gonna take a look at, I don't think we're gonna do Fall Brawl. Yeah. Uh, Definitely want to do mind games. Definitely want to do buried alive. We're going to do buried alive. Um, I don't know about Halloween havoc. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll discuss. It. We might do. Yeah. I, I, uh, we, I'm, we might, I'm going to take a look at Halloween havoc. I'm going to take a look at Starcade. I can tell you what I want to do just because it's so different. Uh, January 97, uh, NWO sold, sold out. out. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. And not necessarily in a good way. <laughs> yeah. So it'd yeah. be a good train wreck to talk about. Yeah, for sure. Show. Yeah. We're, we can talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so I'll take a look at Halloween Havoc and, uh, Starcade and see what, I guess I don't remember all the, I know Ray and Eddie had their bat, their big match on start on Halloween Havoc. So there is that. And, uh, we're also, we, we, we come up with an idea actually right before this to, 
because we were talking about uh was it uh bigger friends better enemies oh good friends better good, enemies. good friends better enemies thank you yeah. it was the pay-per-view right before we started with beware of dog we we didn't start there we started started at beware of dog when we first launched this podcast and uh you said there was a really good michaels and uh diesel diesel match yeah no holds barred no holds barred yeah which is crazy because you wouldn't think that'd be good but you said it was like the best if not one of the best kevin nash matches. kevin nash yeah, matches you're gonna down. see and nobody spoiled this in the comments for brandon he, yeah. he's, he's not he's not seen this yet so yeah, yeah. there's a couple of really innovative spots in that match okay yes so. i, I want to go back and watch it but we thought about doing this this thing where we talk about um matches and pay-per-views that like well, pay-per-views that had like one or two really good matches but the pay-per-views absolutely suck yeah well, like one match shows what yeah. one match that completely saved the show from being an abomination yeah yeah that, and so we, we're going to come up with a list of those and we might do that in a later episode but yeah next up will be mind games for sure we'll do all the wwf ones from pretty much here on out just we're just kind of picking choosing from the wcw stuff if you guys want to see some more territory stuff like we did with world class or if you want to do Mid-South, let us know yeah. because we'll be happy to do those as well at some point and, and, and kind of weave those into I wouldn't be these. opposed to throwing an ECW pay-per-view in every now and then. Yeah, we'll do some ECW because yeah. I – Just to I, be different. Well, and I know you were a big fan of ECW going for it, and that's stuff that I was never a huge fan of. Yeah. And, but to, to be fair to you guys out there and Andrew, I didn't watch a lot of it either. So I, I'm going to go back and with, with new fresh eyes and open mind, and I'm going to see if – I can, you know, see what I think, yeah. basically. So, yeah, I'll de- we'll definitely do some ECW in the future as they start to. It's going to, like I said, we'll, inter- we'll intertwine it with the whenever we're talking about the other ones. So, yeah. you know, we're not going to skip ahead. Yeah, they don't hit pay-per-view until April 97. Yeah, so, so we won't, yeah. you know, until, so until April 97 or so, we get into that timeline in our podcast, you know, that's when we'll start kind of interweaving that in. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's what we're going to have next. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. Let us know what you think of this pay-per-view in the comments and let us know if you want us to see, uh, want us to do some more Mid-South stuff too. Okay. So for M3 Wrestling, I'm Brandon. This is Andrew. And here's to Bobby Heenan. We're out of here. <laughs>